0: What up, man. Listen, um, thanks for joining me here in our little corner of the internet. Um, On today's show, I'm speaking with a guest I met in ATL, shouty, not too long ago. Uh, Quick side note, though, for my regular listeners, I might sound a little different, and that's because um, I was inside of a library. I was doing my best to speak loud and clear, but not too loud. I mean, um, I had to temper myself, but no worries, though, because it was still a dope interview. You know what I'm saying? So without further ado, yo, um, what up, what up, and what's good, you know what I'm saying, welcome to the Big Therm Show, I am your host, Big Therm. Um, listen, so I got a special guest on the line with me today, uh, we are not flying solos, um, I'm with um, Mallory from Ann's Garden in Atlanta, Mallory, what's good, how you doing?
1: Thank you so much for having
0: me. Of course, of course, of course. Now listen, let me give a quick background real quick. EMA, we was in um we was in Atlanta last month. In <laughs> April, you know what I'm saying, chilling. Just like a quick vacation. You know what I'm saying? We was down in um what was that place? Negril? It was Negril Village. If you have
1: not been, definitely go. Yeah, Black yeah. owned brunch
0: spot. Wonderful. I'd, I'd agree. It, it was type good, you know what I'm saying? Um yeah, so we was chilling there, you know what I'm saying? We was at the bar and just um, my man Ed from uh, Specs of Time, you know what I mean, We he, he was out there with me too. We was um, chilling and talking, and I ran into Mallory and her friend, and after we got to talking, I was like, I found out that she had a charity and all that. And I was like, nah, I definitely got to have on the show. You know what I'm saying? I want more people to know about it. So, again, this is Mallory from Ann's Garden, which is actually um, listed online as an empowerment organization that plants seeds of growth in the lives of our communities. I'm gonna let. Exactly. Uh, I'm gonna, all right, dope, dope. I'm gonna let Mallory get into that, but first, Mallory, we want to know about you a little bit. You know, what I'm saying where you from. You know, you I mean what you do, all that good stuff.
1: Okay, cool. So, um, I'm actually from Atlanta. I was born in Virginia, but I was raised in Atlanta. Um, one of the few people that can say that, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually uh, have stayed in Atlanta because I went to Georgia State, and it's kind of how I got my start in this type of life.
0: I got an undergrad degree
1: in sociology because I love, love people. But sociology doesn't allow you to really confront problems. So I have um, been pursuing my master's degree in social work, which allows you to actually confront and address problems. And in that program, I ran into a wonderful professor of mine who started a um, nonprofit organization while she was in grad school with some of her friends. And I was like, it's something I totally always wanted to do. And I found my passion in working with people, so I was like, why not? And a um, mm. little bit later, we have Anne's Garden, and here we are.
0: Okay, all right, cool. So wait a minute, wait a minute. If you take soci- sociology, that's just the the study of uh, people, I, I, I guess, where you don't um, like actually take any action?
1: Yes, I'm sorry. I forget that everyone doesn't have this discussion. Um, this- and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, sociology Sociology is the study of people. It's the study of people and human interactions and things like that. So with sociology, a lot of stuff we talk about is um, things like the fact that everyone in the, on the earth doesn't have enough food. There's food shortages or the fact that maybe cities are built to be discriminatory, where you'll have people that live in the hood and they're only surrounded with liquor stores and check cashing and places, and then you have affluent areas where they have whole foods in public. Yeah. Those are the type of things that we discuss in sociology, just the fact that there is inequality and things like that. The okay. themes and the theories are consistent, but we don't really talk about anything with how to actually address the issue. We just sit there and talk about it as scholars.
0: Uh, I was interested
1: in more. Yeah. Exactly. Wow,
0: that, that, that's pretty interesting to me that you could actually go four years and just learn about this stuff, but not actually learn about like, you know, ways to combat it or whatever. So now, Dude,
1: yes, yes, exactly. It's so crazy and it got really frustrating toward the end because I'm like, I thought like the whole time I'm like waiting for us to like hit the good part with how we do something about it and we never got there. I was like, okay, this is not for me. I'm
0: in the <laughs> <wrong>. <laughs> right, right, right. right. All right, so boom, so then you, then you did, um then you moved on to take your master's and your master's in, is in what again?
1: Social work. Um, okay. It's um. crazy how I stumbled on this. Like, so at the end of my undergrad, I'm over here, like, freaking out, and I'm talking to my advisor, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I don't want to do this anymore. This, this is horrible. And he's like, well, tell me about it. And so I basically told him the same thing I just told you. And he was like, why don't you um, become a social worker? And I was like, I don't want to take anyone's kids. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And he was explaining to me that it's, like, so much more than that. We have a... Um, Very, very simplistic knowledge of social work. We think that it's just going door to door and taking people's kids. But it's actually evolved over the years into social workers now. They work in every single industry possible because you're taking literally what I just said, sociology, which is you see it in everywhere, and you're putting an action to it. So social workers, they work in government agencies. They work as counselors, therapists. They work in child protective services. They work in hospitals discharging patients with
0: cancer. They do literally everything. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And so, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Cause if you were to say social worker, I would have been like, Oh, exactly what you thought. I would have thought you, were yeah. the people who, you know, visit people's homes and have cases and then, you know, kick, grab people's kids out of their home and all that stuff. Um, right. Right. Okay. So boom. So now originally I'm assuming you said you got into that because I'm assuming before college, you knew that you wanted to deal with people.
1: I knew I wanted to deal with people always. Um, I think I never really knew how. Like, I think that's been a lot lot of time trying to fit into a box that I felt I was supposed to fit into. So, like, for a really long time, I wanted to be a doctor. So I was like, oh, I want to help people. I want to save their lives, yada, yada, yada. And so I realized, like, Mallory, you got to relax. Science is not your thing. Like, don't, don't even do this. Yeah. And so I started getting more comfortable in things that I actually took an interest in. And I had a really good class one of, my, um, one of my high school years, and it was a sociology class. And that's what made me be like, okay, yes, this is what I need to do in college. So it's been a progression of okay. just learning myself more,
0: really. All right, all right, dope, dope. Now, okay, now, as far as Anne's garden... Ever since you learned everything that you need to learn and how to apply it and all that other stuff and getting your master's, was Anne's Garden your first, you know, taste of that life of, like, actually trying to do something about the problems?
1: Um, I would say Anne's Garden is kind of a mix between that first attempt and then also um, my growing passion for entrepreneurship ah. and, and ownership and things of that nature. So. Basically, those two things, they came together and they had a baby, and they, they created Inns Garden. Nice,
0: nice, um, nice. Over the
1: past, I've been having a very big interest in entrepreneurship when I um, look at a lot of the things that are going on in our community, in the black community. And I see, I, I strongly believe that a lot of our problems could be alleviated with black economics, with group economics. And I'm with you just kinda, Yeah, supporting black businesses. Um, I'm in love with having your own. I'm in love with the idea of passing something down to my children. I like not being controlled by bureaucracy and stuff like that. So it kind of just worked, really, both of them together. All
0: right, so now tell us about Anne's Garden. Like, um, give us some details about what exactly you're doing there with Anne's Garden.
1: Okay. Um, So Anne's Garden is an empowerment organization. And ideally what we want to do is we want to focus on treating clients through a continuum of care. And when I say continuum, I mean... A lot of times we see people that are in a bad situation and they need help. And we have so many organizations that will help them when they are in the midst of their storm, right? But Mm -hmm. after they help the person in their storm, they don't really do much to make sure that they're good after that. There's not a lot of things that assist the person get reacclimated to society. So, for example, if you have a person that is um, overdosing, is overdosing, and they now are like, okay, I'm going to check into rehab, and I'm going to get my life together. That's great. We have a lot of rehab facilities, but when the person gets out, what is there to support that person to make sure that the changes that they made are supported?
2: Right,
1: right. I got a lot of this experience when I was working in a domestic violence shelter because it is wonderful to have shelter and to take care of ladies and to keep them safe for 90 days and get their kids enrolled in a new school and everything. But if you're not addressing the core of the problem, the fact that there is a lot of trauma that has taken place in the life, you're not supporting any type of long-term career goals. You're not supporting housing on a long-term scale. You may give them housing for 90 days, but you're not giving them anything to sustain themselves and their children for long-term, which makes them inevitably dependent once again. And then without the therapy that they need, they'll eventually find themselves right back in the same situation you're not hitting the roof so what Ann's Garden wants to do is for those cases where you're in a you're getting out of a halfway house a shelter a rehab center we want to give marginalized populations the skills that they need to pretty much become resilient and self-sufficient it's the concept of you can give a man a fish or you can teach a man a fish
0: Right. Right. so that's what we really want to do okay all right now I like that because um, obviously it's an upgrade for uh from just helping somebody you know what i mean like you said if they are in there and in the moment and in the storm obviously they need help but after the storm is over you know what i'm saying they need sustainment so um i i like that i like that now what uh when we had met you had just finished um an event the event with the yes. with the shoes so tell us about that event yes. because i was i was really really into that i like i like um i like what you was doing there. tell us about the event
1: Okay, so that event was called, it was actually our first event. I was super excited, very nervous, but I was so excited. Um, the event was called Soul Searching, S-O-L-E Searching, and it was a shoe donation drive. Okay, so when I worked, was working at the shelter, I noticed that a lot of, um, well, let me paint a picture, because I think a lot of people don't understand like what it really looks like when you're in a domestic violence shelter. Like, yes, yes, please these do. These people are regular people that you would see every day. Your boss could be someone that was staying at our shelter. Like, Mm. it's very normal, and a lot of people are affected by domestic violence. So these people are regular people that just want to live their lives. Sometimes they don't have jobs and stuff like that. Maybe they've had to quit their job because their abuser is coming to the job. I've seen that. Or maybe they don't have a job because they're coming from Mississippi. Um, Whatever the case, they're trying to put their lives back together. So enrolling their kids in school, getting a new job, getting housing, those are all standard things when a lot of my clients would go for interviews and stuff like that, they wouldn't have clothes or shoes to wear to go to the interview. And everyone that you interview with is not going to know your situation. And they're not going to say like, Oh, that's fine. Um, just come in Dean. So no, they're going to judge you like a regular, a regular applicant and they're going to say that you're not fit for the position. Right. And I noticed that there was something that was extremely unfair to my clients going through this and they didn't have anything. And, um, a lot of people are kind, of course, and they donate clothes, which is wonderful, but we didn't have a lot of shoes. So I would have clients that would go, and they'd be in a whole business suit that was donated from somebody, but they'd be wearing their sneakers. Mm. And it just was like, this is insane. So, phone searching was created so that we could collect shoes and then take them to a local shelter to just donate them. Um, It went extremely well. I was so pleased and thankful for everyone that supported it. Um, We were able to collect over 100 pairs of shoes, and we we cleaned them, we sanitized them, we shoe polished them to make sure they were in great condition and something that we would want to wear, and then we just packed them up, sized them, and we delivered them to the shelter. It was absolutely amazing.
2: It was so great.
0: That's dope, man. That's dope. I, I think that's, you know, like, when you speak about entrepreneurship, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of entrepreneurs that are, you know, successful or uh, beyond, they always speak about, like, niching down, you know what I'm saying, and, and capturing a specific market. And in your situation, you are uh, you look to support, in this in this case, women who are on the run, you know what I'm saying, and, and uh, affected by domestic violence and... Needed to, you know, build their life back up. And then they're going on these job interviews and they specifically need shoes. You know what I mean? And I think that's, yeah. that was dope that you honed in on that. The message was very, very clear. You know what I'm saying? So when you do the soul searching, you could say, hey, listen, we're trying to support these women who's doing X, Y, Z. They're in this situation. Da, 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 And then they get 100 pair um, of shoes. You know what I'm saying, and then get the help to have them clean and sanitized and all that other stuff. That to me, that's like yo. You don't have to be like some big OD superstar to make things happen. You know what I'm saying? So that's why don't. I, I like. I like that man. That's so dope. You know what I mean? And um, I saw on Ann's Garden, Ann's Gardens um, Instagram account a, a woman talking about um her experience and getting the shoes and how she was so thankful. You know what I mean? Like it, that's making a real uh, difference. <laughs> that's what's so. It up.
2: was
1: wonderful, man. And it's it kind of it goes along with. The idea, the continuum of care, because you give someone the opportunity. It, it starts so small, and that's the that's the idea when you say planting a seed. That's such a small seed to give somebody a pair of shoes, but if you give a hundred women a hundred pair of shoes, and there's a hundred new jobs attained, like they're now able to sustain themselves financially, and maybe that saves a hundred women from going back to being financially dependent on someone that's beating up on them.
2: Right. That's just right. such
1: a small thing that we can do, and that's something that I really want to kind of convey is that it's so small. It takes just one person doing one small thing that can make such a huge difference in someone's
0: life. Now, okay. So now that specific event, is this going to be like a, a regular thing where you constantly do the soul searching thing? Or are you going to like, now that you have done the soul searching, are you going to upgrade and possibly look for outfits? Or are you going to help them do some job searching or what's, what's next on like Ann's garden uh, agenda?
1: So I feel that soul searching might end up being something that we do annually just because I feel like it's my baby and it was the first thing that we did. But moving forward, um, the goal is to start having more of these service projects, just more throughout the community. Mm. And as I continue to build and gain relationships with people in the community, I like to basically just continue building the brand. Long term, I want to have therapists. And I want it to be, like, just an entire um, center where we focus on different, like, components of your of care. So ideally a client would come in and say, hey, you know, I just left this rehab facility, this shelter, and I'm trying to get housing, I'm trying to get a job, and I'm trying to get my kids into college. And so we take you on as a client and we do an assessment on you. And if you need therapeutic services, we have that. If you need childcare while you're going for interviews, we have that. If you are looking into home ownership versus an apartment, because that's another thing. People do not urge people in these situations to buy homes because they don't think they can. They just want to put them up in an apartment for a second. No, we're going to, we believe that everyone has full potential to, to do anything. So oh,
2: if it's like housing that you home. need. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Okay. Uh, exactly. Because... And if if the issue with the home is that you don't have the capital, then we're going to work on, okay, what job do you need to get this capital? What are your skills? You see what I'm saying? It's all interconnected. What are your skills? Do you only have a GED? Are you interested in getting a diploma? Can you still get a diploma? If you have a GED, what is your true earning power? Let's set some realistic goals for you. And it basically is going to be like a case file with everything that you, anything that you want to do. And yeah, we're gonna see, have basically the tools to make that happen for you. As uh, long as you're willing
0: to put in the work. Uh yeah, I like the idea. And again, because of the market. Like, you know what I'm saying? When you you know when you're doing business and all that stuff, you gotta know your market. And in this case, specifically, you know exactly who your market is. So you can build like a list of um services around that market, just like you're naming off all of these things. And that that okay, so there's people like sometimes who they got a good heart, you know what I'm saying? And they, they, they want to go back to the hood or where they came from and, you know, help out, of course, you know what I'm saying? But they might lack um, vision, you know what I'm saying, or clarity, you know what I'm saying, and then just go wild and try to help everybody. And we, you really can't do that. You can attempt to, but you're not really going to save everybody. You can't help everybody. But in your case, you, again, I I love the fact that you have a target, like, market, you know what I'm saying, of of women mm-hmm. who are in a certain situation, with their kids and with their lives and all that stuff. So you know exactly what they need right now and what else they might need in the future. So this is going to be, I mean, I ain't going to say it's going to be easy, you know what I'm saying? But it's going to be, it's going to be not easy easy at all. You know what I'm saying? But, um, more like, um, like you could build layer by layer. You know what I'm saying? We already got an idea to do the shoes and how we do the shoes. And maybe we could upgrade that in the future, but we have like a whole entire process that you can now say, Oh, it's next year. We ready to get some shoes. Well, here's what we did last year. Let's just ramp it up. You okay. know what I'm saying? And then the next step could be um, like uh, uh, building connections with certain j- uh, uh, jobs. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. different different jobs in the area. They're looking for specific skills so they can have a connection with you where you know the women's skills and what they could do. Stuff like that. You know what I mm-hmm. mean?
1: Yep. It's so exactly. dope. That is exactly what we're going to do. And it, it really is truly a layer. Um, those are my... That's my vision on a big scale, but it doesn't happen overnight. Like, I'm not going to be able to hire 30 therapists overnight. However, I know for a fact that I will be having therapists there. A lot of our issues, um, they are deep-rooted and they're internal.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: I think that that's, like, key. You can give somebody all the skills in the world, but if you messed up, and we're all messed up, but if you messed up and it's debilitating... You're never gonna get anywhere. I agree. So yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna build layer by
0: layer, slowly but surely. So you, look you, out. Well let me let me um piggyback on that um therapist thing because if you let's say you uh and why I think the therapist situation is super important, because let's say you get somebody like a really good job, right? And they get to this job, but the people in charge or maybe their manager is has the same personality type or moves the same way. As the person who was abusing this woman, if yep. she still mentally thinks like, yo, you know, I'm not good enough or I need to be abused or, you know, I know I got this job, but still that other person has a mental hold on me or whatever. They could fall right back into that same situation. And now it's where they go to work that is happening to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think that therapist is a big key, you know, what I mean, to help them overcome mentally what they what, what might be holding them back because it doesn't mean like you said we messed up and if you get into a situation where you still have that mental block going on then you're gonna be screwed you know what i'm saying so i like it i like, I like the therapist
1: it manifests itself in more ways than just that like you can have um i, I know i had a client and she was a person that didn't ever want to be by herself because of things that she had went through in her childhood mm. you cannot be a person that never wants to be by yourself and live a healthy life together those two things they don't go together and so for us to say like okay client we want you to reunite with your kids and we want you to get this apartment where you're the head of the household and we want you to have this job where you're working 40 hours a week she's not going to be successful in that because all of that is with her by herself and she's not comfortable being by herself yet so she's just going to probably find a companion and then fall into the same pattern so it's like so many ways that these things like they come out and they have got to be addressed because even if you have a problem if you know what your problem is you're going to be better off than not even acknowledging the fact that it exists right Um, right
0: right exactly
1: (laughs) we don't don't look at mental problems like physical problems and we should because if you had a serious illness and it was stage four cancer and you had no idea about it you would probably want to know so that you could do something Hmm. But with mental illnesses and things like that, we ignore them and we just act like, oh, it'll be fine. No, it needs to be acknowledged and dealt with in order to be successful and healthy.
0: With you, with you. Fully agreed on that. Um, Mallory, before you go, I always like to ask all my guests, you know what I mean, to leave a piece of advice because, um, and especially in your situation, I definitely want you to leave a piece of advice because I, I respect that, you know, you're at such a young age getting so much done, you know what I'm saying? It's very inspirational that other people who may, may be in the same boat, they'll think, oh, okay, well, I can't do anything yet until I get X, Y, Z, and F straight. You know what I'm saying? But that's the that's the yeah, definitely. opposite mentality. So if you can leave um, maybe a piece of advice or uh, a website or a book or some quote or something from your parents or whatever, something that you think has allowed you to do these things and you think that if somebody's listening and they want to do these things what, what advice do you have for them?
1: Yeah definitely um, so one of the main things I always always preach is to stay in your own lane um, I think that our society mm. our generation social media whatever you want to call it it has a So messed up to where we're always peeking around the corner at what somebody else is doing and looking over there to compare ourselves and then getting discouraged because we feel we're inadequate because we've seen a good look at the highlighted version of someone's life. Don't do that. Do not do that. Stay in your own lane. This is only your life to live. As long as you are happy with what you see when you wake up in the morning and look in the mirror,
2: that's all that matters.
1: So that's definitely one thing. Um, I think that there is like a obsession with not doing enough fast enough. And so that's why I'm okay. I'm okay that we've had soul searching, right? It's just a tiny, tiny service event, 100 pair of shoes. And I'm happy with that. I'm good with that because it was something that I carried out from start to finish. And I also like to say no, no. just remember that you are greater than what the world has conditioned you to think you are. You have to always regard yourself as excellent because if you don't think that you're excellent, you're not going to exude excellence and no one's going to believe you with anything that you do.
0: Hmm. I like Those it.
1: Those are the two things. Yeah.
0: Have you, have you, Um, I was really, really into that first one because I fully agree with it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody needs to stop peeking around the corner and staying in their own lane. As Thank far you. as, as far as like realizing that you're excellent and you're better than what people may consider you as or the world. Where where do you have you always had that realization?
1: Heck no. Heck no, I have not. No mm. way. Um I think that like I said in the beginning, I spent a lot of time in my life trying to fit into this box of what i thought i was supposed to be and i was always weird because things that a lot of people take interest in i have no interest in so i would try to be cool and try to make it work and stuff like that but once i started accepting that like hey maybe i'm a little bit weird but i'm actually really happy everything just started falling into place right so that's when i say why i say stay in your own lane like just be comfortable in your likes your dislikes get to know yourself get to know who you are and what you what you will not accept what you will accept what you're okay with accepting that's what your parents say that's what your friends say what do you say and it just makes you have a really just a better quality of life
2: overall
0: Dope. fully fully 100% agree you know what I'm saying um where can we find you and or um Ann's Garden online
1: okay so you can definitely go like Anne's Garden on Facebook it is spelled exactly how it sounds well, maybe not, but A-N-N-E, <laughs> A-N-N-E, uh, apostrophe S, Garden. And then on Instagram, we are there at underscore Garden, Anne's Garden, A-N-N-E, S, Garden. And, um, yeah, go follow us. We'll have some cool stuff on that page, and I would love for you all to support us. All
0: right, dope, dope. Uh, Mallory, this was this was what's up, yo. I appreciate you um, Coming through and doing this. You know what I mean? This is definitely obviously not be the last time we talk because um anytime I interview people, I always keep up with them and see what they're doing and share it with everybody else. Hey. All right. Okay, that worked. That worked
1: for me. Thank you so much for having I me. I I really appreciate
0: it. Uh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mallory from Anne's Garden. Real quick, I forgot to mention in the interview that you could get all of the show notes for this episode by going to emaradio.com slash A G. That stands for Anne's Garden. Um, you'll see all the info mentioned in the interview right there. And uh thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate that. You know what I mean? Um, big shouts again to Mallory. Um, that her vibe is dope, yo. I'm just I'm glad she came through and did the interview. You know what I'm saying? Shouts to her. Um look, do me a favor. Share this interview with anyone who might be in the domestic violence industry and maybe, you know what I'm saying, we could get them to reach out and or possibly work with each other. Um it's all about building, yo. You know what I'm saying? I'd appreciate that. And I'm I'm sure those women who are trying to live life after being abused would appreciate it as well, you know what I'm saying? Any support that we get like float through the um Float float over there in that direction. That'd be dope. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's it, man. Until next time, I'm Big Therm for Excuse My Adlib, EMA underscore therm on IG and Twitter. Remember, each and every single Wednesday you can catch us, which is me, Jay, Boss, and Rose, recapping the week's hip hop and pop culture news on EMARadio.com. Yeah, Dang me. Later.